0: This is episode number one of Hypercritical. This show is hosted by John Siracusa and Dan Benjamin. That's me. This episode is sponsored by SourceBits, providing software design and development services for iOS, Android, Mac, and the web. Source Bits is at the bleeding edge of emergent technologies, and their deep experience and successful track record will make sure that your idea is transformed into an awesome, visually stunning app in no time. Check them out at SourceBits.com. And by Campaign Monitor, email marketing software for designers and their clients, you can design great-looking emails using your own tools, track your email-related conversions and sales, and manage your subscribers with ease. They've got an API, monthly pricing, and now autoresponders. Sign up today at campaignmonitor.com. This is the first episode of uh, of Hypercritical, right? You're John Syracuse. People That's know right. you're you're writing from Ars Technica and, and maybe some other places too. I'm um, yep. Dan Benjamin. We're going we're gonna to start talking uh, about uh, things, technology maybe, Apple a little bit, things that uh, we love and hate. So you're going you're to be more of the hater. I'll be more of the lover, I guess. You hate plenty of things too. We, we'll find that out, I think, through the show. Yes. But this is a new show. I interviewed you on the pipeline, and ever since then, I said, we need to do a show. And you kept saying, I can't, I can't do a show. I can't do a show. I work. And I said, What, this isn't work? And you said, Well, I have a full time job. I have to I have to go into an office. I'm a I'm a you know, I wear a suit and tie every morning and not quite punch in. But
1: yeah. no, we got, we got a nine to
0: five. But you made it work. I, you, you, you you've went got to, a nine
1: to five too, more or less, yeah. right?
0: And you went to your boss and you said that listen, we, we gotta make this happen. This is more important than than anything. This is the most important thing I've got going is this show. And he said, what I said he said, Okay. So they're making an exception and once in a while, periodically, we need to be fair and set expectations, John, that periodically we we may not be able to do a show because of something urgent that happens with with you and your job. That's true.
1: Work has to take precedence.
0: But today we are doing a show and what are we talking about? You came up with this long list of topics and told me to pick one. I picked one.
1: You just pick one randomly? I was wondering about that.
0: Uh, no, I picked one because I thought it would, it would be kind of interesting but w- because I don't want to talk about Verizon anymore.
1: <laughs> yeah, really. We could have another show where we repeat everything that's already been said about uh, the iPhone, Verizon, and the Mac App Store.
0: <laughs> no, we thought – one of your topics that I really liked was talking about the the present and future of uh, – well, you say it. It was your topic. All
1: right. Well, so, so you picked the TV topic. The yeah, the TV, TV topic. The TV topic is not particularly topical because well, the new Apple TV was the last time you know people in the Apple community were talking about TV. But it's on my list. I, I blogged about it when – the new Apple TV came out, but it's still kind of sticking in my craw, the whole TV issue. And apparently in your craw as well, to some degree, because you picked it out of the long list of other topics, many of which are much more relevant, but we'll, you know, we'll save the list. Me and Marco can compare lists because he's got a list, I've got a list a lot, although I show you my list.
0: Yeah, he doesn't reveal the list. But the, the whole reason that I, that I picked this topic, I'll tell you why. Because I currently am re- I mystified. First of all, CES was was just last week. And the the big thing at CES, you would think that more companies would want to be getting into this into this TV set top box type space, the Apple TV space, for lack of a of a better term. Mm-hmm. The, there are so many companies that do a really good job of this, but you know, and people love. Do you have one of the the new Apple TVs? Do you have that? I do not. I have a new one and I have an old one, and I'll, I'll let you take a guess. Which, which one do you think we use for our main TV in the house, new one or old it,
1: one? I can't guess. I don't know your TV habits. I mean, the, the two machines are so different. Take a guess. I'm going to say new. Old.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we started out with the new one, but the problem with and, – and at first, like, it seems like this is a really big benefit is that the thing doesn't need to sync or anything. You know that's that's the big plus for it. It doesn't need to sync. You just you, any computer can send stuff right to it or, or pull stuff from it, right? But mm-hmm. that actually became a huge liability because my wife has a laptop, and my main machine is is a laptop. Although I have like a dozen machines in here to um, you know to do the show with the, these different shows. At the end of the day, I just I have a 13 inch unibody MacBook that's my main my main machine where I would keep stuff like that. And neither of these machines are, are like consistently on, you know, and she found it to be a big pain. It's like, oh, she'd have to go and get her laptop out, open it up and uh, and make sure that it's on. And in some cases, make sure that it was plugged in so it wouldn't run out of battery. And, you know, is it is, is where she's sitting with it in a, you know, a Wi-Fi dead zone or is it OK? I mean, all of these different issues, it makes it a big pain to make sure that that there's uh, there's a data source for the new Apple TV, whereas with the old one, you sync it. And if your primary audience is either somebody like us where we might rent something or buy something and watch it and we can plan for that or it's a 3-year-old kid and he wants to, you know, watch whatever, you know, shows, cartoons, whatever you pull down for him, it's so much easier to just load up the Apple TV and put it down there. And then even if the internet connection goes out, you still got it. You know, you don't need another computer to be on and hooked up and running iTunes. And and there's the whole issue with the dropping the home shares. Did you ever have that problem?
1: I, I don't have either one of these.
0: You don't have either one of these? No. Why did you pick this topic then?
1: Well, I, I mean, like, because I have a lot to say about it. Well, well so, so what
0: do you have to say about it?
1: Then? Well, so let's, let's, I always like to pull back because I always think about, you know, I'll think about some topic like, you know, why the old Apple TV is better or worse than the new one and so on and so forth. And then I'll just. say is this a specific case of a more general problem and keep going up and up and up uh and at the top level of this i end up thinking like what's the problem with tv obviously there's some sort of problem with television that people are introducing products that will solve this problem for you and you know the the problem with tv i think my conclusion was that i think it's the same problem as with most other things like music or telephones or anything else is that uh Technology advances, and when technology advances, it causes problems, right? And so for consumers, uh, the problem with TV is that, like at this point, even non-technical consumers know that the technology exists to do stuff that would sort of eliminate the past limitations of television, right? Right. Maybe they don't know the specifics, but they just know that like television, when they were growing up, had these limitations, and right now, there's stuff that can get past them go beyond what television used to be able to do and for you know content distributors or uh, producers and everything their problem is that all this technology makes their past business models less effective so this is kind of the the problem with tv this is why there's all this tv stuff going on because we've got this technology technology is the thing that screws with everything it 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 makes the, it, it puts the desire into the consumer because think if the consumers didn't know this technology existed like they didn't see you know the, how their computers work and how their phones work and how everything else works and say like, hmm why the hell is TV still stink right right uh, and then you know the technology comes and disrupts the existing business models um and so that's why I think people are trying to make TV stuff. Uh, And even at CES, you didn't see all the boxes and everything, but you did, you know, you have Google doing the Google TV thing and stuff, and people are trying to sell you televisions that are connected to the internet and and all those other things. So people are trying to make products to get money out of people who are trying to solve this problem with TV, right? So let's look at what Apple did, because Apple is always the great white hope in all these situations where, where we've got some sort of technology problem or whatever. So they made the Apple TV version one, right? And that's what you bought. Yeah. And you were saying, you know, it does more or less what you wanted to do. The stuff is on the TV. You connect it to your uh, television set. You don't need to have any other computers on. It's got a reasonable interface. Uh, And what it basically did for you is that you could buy television shows uh, and watch them on, on this little box thing, right? Right. And then Apple TV V2 was the same thing, but now you can't buy stuff. You can only rent.
0: You can I can only rent. I mean, you can buy stuff on your own iTunes. And, and since it's streaming from your own computer, you can watch that. But I guess if you think of the new Apple TV as, as being a conduit for renting stuff, then it's great. But, if well, you th-
1: but is it great? Like what limitations, like you know what technology exists, right? What limitations of past television do these boxes bypass for you?
0: So that's a fair question. I think the, the the bigger the bigger limit, the biggest limit is they act as a very effective conduit for throwing something up on a TV that you really but can't That's
1: the airplane angle. Right. That's a kind of a separate thing. So that gives it makes your TV more useful because now you can, you know, use it as a big screen when you enter the room with your iPhone. Right. You can do a magic demo and, and the thing appears <laughs> on the TV screen.
0: It is very cool.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's that's a that's a legitimate new thing you're saying. The le- previous limitation of TV is that you had to like rummage around behind the thing and get all dusty and and trip over the cables and everything to get right, anything on the TV, and it was just too much of a hassle. And now you can do that, so that's that's one use, uh, one one way that it bypasses the previous limitations. But uh, you know, you've got uh, time shifting too, right? Like you can watch the shows when you want.
0: Yeah, anytime so, you want. But you you know you still people people always ask me this like, can you tape? They, yeah, always they, ask the they always they use, use the, the word tape. They use the word tape. Can you tape stuff? And I say yeah. no, no. You know, and that's then. So, so we have. This is the thing. Do you, you have a TiVo though, right? Well, I mean, it really depends on what people
1: have. It depends on their television habits. So, what would you say your TV habits are? Like, you, you know, you got the shows for the kids. That's one thing. And then, do you watch television? Like, as a as a weekly ritual, nightly ritual?
0: Yeah, I um, not a I was lot. Sports too, right? Yeah, I mean, I, like, I don't, I don't miss. I only, I only miss NFL if, if there's extenuating circumstances, like for example, my three-year-old wants to do something else, which is usually, but in, you know, primetime NFL, I always watch that. I watch a lot of baseball, but as far as like regular shows, I, I only, you know, there's a few like science or, or, or other type shows I'll watch, but you know, like I don't have any shows that I would sit down and watch like every single night. If I do, I, you know, it's maybe 30, 30 to 60 minutes of TV a day, like tops usually. But I do TiVo stuff, and uh, and and the stuff that I TiVo a lot of the time is stuff that I just you know I think might be interesting, or the stuff that TiVo will find for me that it thinks is interesting, and it's it's usually pretty right on.
1: So, for, with the exception of sports, which I'm assuming you want to watch live when possible, Ideally. you are time time shifting pretty much all the Everything. television you watch. Yeah.
0: And I do with the sports too, which is the you know like a lot of the time, if the, if the game you want to watch is on Sunday, you know, it's Sunday and it's a, it's a one o'clock game uh, or even a four o'clock game, you're not going to get to watch that if if you want to spend any time with your family at all. So I've got I've got a time, and then I just hope that like. N- Nothing intercedes in my reality, and I accidentally hear the score or something like that.
1: Yeah, that's the problem. So, so here you are screwing with the uh, content owner's business models, basically, because you're, you're time-shifting, and when you time-shift, it's much easier for you to skip commercials. Uh, and and if you're not a big television watcher, you don't have to get the big subscription that has every single channel in the world. You can now get the small subscription with just your live sports and just pick up the other shows you want on iTunes or something, right? Exactly. Because you know, if you don't watch 50 shows, it's cheaper for you to go a la carte than it is to buy a subscription. Whereas previously, said that our model is you buy a subscription to television through your cable company. You, the smallest patch you can get is, has a million channels in it. And we don't care if you only want one show. Right. You don't have an a la carte choice. Right. Um, but think about what your experience is. You've already described three separate ways to watch television. You've got live TV, which is coming over your cable or, or satellite or whatever. You've got your... TiVo which is recording stuff from cable and satellite and, and time shifting it for you and you've got well now two Apple TVs but essentially one Apple TV per television which is another input where you're buying things on your computer and getting them synced over there or you're buying them from renting them from the machine and getting them synced through that that's three separate things so that's yeah. this is a big complication over when you were a kid when you'd sit down sit in front of the TV turn the dial to the channel and you want to watch at the appointed time
0: yeah that was it was you, much better back then too.
1: Yeah, So you've gained all these abilities, but the experience is generally worse. And forget about, like, That's you know, don't, don't even worse to get DVDs or Blu-ray. I don't know if you do any of that. Do you even have one, an optical disc connected to your TV?
0: No, not anymore. Uh, the last thing we had, when I, when, when I first bought uh, a larger format television, which do you, do you remember the fiasco called DLP? I do. We were one of the, the fools who bought a DLP TV. Uh, and uh, and I, when I got that, I got an up-converting Actually, I think I had a Mac mini connected to the TV at the time, but th- that didn't, that wasn't as enjoyable uh, as, you know, as I'd hoped it would be uh, back then. This is, you know, five or six years ago. So I got a, uh, I got like an up converting, you know, upscaling DVD player, which I forget how many years ago I took it out, but no, I, I have nothing like I couldn't, uh, we don't own a Blu-ray player of any kind.
1: Well, if you did, you'd be subject to another thing that's worse than you know past television experiences, which is you just like DVDs or Blu-rays, you stick the disc in and you got unscapable previews. You've got ads. The thing takes a million years. It's slow. Forget about it, If it's a kid's well, movie, you just okay. want to get to the movie and how the kid is, is freaking out. How is out? it
0: possible? How can it be so bad? I hear people saying this all the time. And at first I was like, no, they just must have a stupid player or something. But this is like no, no. a cross. This, this, is, this is a feature. This
1: is a feature for the studios. <laughs>
0: like the, Terrible.
1: The, the DVD and the Blu-ray specs say... There's, you know, a bit you can flip that says when you're on this screen, the following buttons do nothing. And those buttons are take me to the menu, skip, advance, you know, sometimes it let you fast forward, scan through it. And if you want your player to be compliant and to get the little logo, like, for example, PlayStation 3 wants to have the little logo that says it's Blu-ray sure. compliant. And it's from Sony or anybody wants that, you know, if it's not some Chinese knockoff thing that doesn't care about compliance, these the machines honor these stupid disk instructions that tell them not to let the person skip this. That's why you can't skip the FBI warning, you know, or the the trailer is for other movies that you're not interested in. You just want to watch the movie. And it kind of got you technologically prisoner in the case of Blu-ray because it is the highest quality video product that you can buy if you care about that kind of thing, right? Yeah. It's, you know, 1080p, and you can't... You're lucky if you get 720 for most video services. Um, And if it's streaming, forget about, you know, artifacting and other issues like that. So I think TV is a big, hairy mess right now. Like many other businesses have been big messes when technology comes along and changes them. And so I'm looking to not just Apple, but really anyone to say, you know, solve my problem. I've got a TV problem because I watch more, a little bit more television than you do more, you know, regularly scheduled shows and stuff like right. that. And mainly
0: on the sci-fi sports. channel. my, is my understanding. It's
1: not the case, but, uh, that can be in your understanding if you'd like. <laughs> um, actually it's not sci-fi is not sci-fi anymore. It's S Y F Y. Yeah, that's right. It's nothing to do with science or fiction. It's just something else. Um, <laughs> but anyway, I, I I'm looking for a solution to this. So, of course, I was an early adopter of TiVo because there was a company saying, we're going to try to do something about the, you know, the, we're going to try to uh, advance the state of the art in television. And TiVo was a big advance. Um, it gave abilities that didn't exist before. It added only one box to your existing set, which was then like a VCR or something, and eventually a DVD player. Right. Uh, but, but it basically replaced whatever it was you were using to watch television with. But at this point, everyone's got, you know, or everyone who's a tech geek or whatever has two, three, four, sometimes a ridiculous number of things attached to their television. Yeah. And televisions all have like four inputs, which is kind of a recognition of the fact say, look, people want to buy our TV, but they're going to have eight bazillion boxes hanging off this thing. So we better put a lot of inputs on our television. You know, like how many inputs does your monitor have on it? Has one, one, of, oh, you connect it right to the com- computer, right? But a television has to have fifty inputs because they know that it's it's a rat's nest of wires back there. And the, the television watching experience is such that, like when the babysitter comes over, they can't figure out how to work your friggin' TV because they can't they don't know what input to switch to or what buttons to press on the five different remotes. And when the kid wants to watch, you know, this particular show, it's on this device, but this show is on that other device. It's it's a nightmare. So I want, and not just some, the
0: babysitter, but in many cases your, your spouse, yeah. So it's and my horrible. wife hates it. Like we, we went out and bought one of these Harmony remotes, which, yeah. they, you know, as horrible as the Logitech Harmony software actually is. And, and it is horrible. I mean, it is it is a cesspool of, of user interface experimentation. Um, even even d- despite that, it works pretty well, but it doesn't work very well with a TiVo of all things. So now we have the 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 Logitech Harmony remote, which was working great, and it was doing you know the the old DVR box that the cable company had forced upon us, and then uh, then the the Apple TVs it could it could do those, but now that we have a TiVo, we now have the TiVo remote again, and she she's back and forth to having two remotes again. hates it. Two
1: remotes is is. I think uh, an almost a near victory because if you don't have seven remotes, you know, you only have two and one of them uh, controls a lot of devices. It's pretty good. Yeah. But see, you know, we
0: also don't have like a stereo. This is so funny. We have, when we got this house, uh, it was already like set up for this. It had the, the connections for the speakers in the ceiling like you could put four speakers up in the ceiling. So we, you know, when, when I moved in, I got speakers and I cut holes in the ceiling and where the wires were hanging down and put, put the speakers up there and wired them up. Uh, but we never use them. Like I don't even have a stereo thing hooked up to them. They're, they're just, just, they're just there.
1: At least audio still, uh, is reasonable in that you can get one set of speakers. You don't yeah. have to get a set of speakers for each one of your devices. Yeah. That's, that's what it would be like if it was in the same mess as the video component. Of it.
0: <laughs> so, but I mean, you know, so, what
1: well, you so, th- so, well, so think about it. The other thing I want to bring up is, uh, you know, so I'm looking for Apple to solve this, right? And I've been looking for years. I've been buying TiVo's TiVo's doing what it can do, but I felt like it wasn't enough. And the boxes were pro- proliferating and Apple was coming out with these things. We're just adding more boxes, which right. is why I didn't want to buy them. Um, because I didn't feel like they were adding anything to my already, uh, complicated setup. Um, right. And then Jobs had that D8 conference last year. Do you remember that?
0: Ah, uh, I mean, yeah, sure.
1: Did that talk, and the question came from the audience. Which The guy in the audience, I'm glad he was there because he basically asked my question, which was like, TV's a big mess. When are you going to fix it for me, Mr. Jobs? <laughs> um, and his, his answer was that it's kind of intractable, an intractable problem right now because the TV industry subsidizes set-top boxes and gives them away for free. Now, the fact that that was the first sentence out of Jobs' mouth it, it gives you a window into the way he thinks. He said, We can't solve this. We, Apple, can't solve this problem because the you know, set-top boxes are given away for free. The, the underlying premise there is that the way Apple makes money is by selling hardware, which is, which is 100% true. Look at their balance sheet. Where does Apple's money come from? They sell hardware, they get good margins on it. Hardware devices cost a lot of money, relatively speaking. That's where Apple's money comes from. Which, by the way, I can get off on a little tangent on the... uh, You ever, uh, in the blogosphere, see the Apple is a, insert word, hardware or software company line? Apple's a hardware company, big rant follows. Apple's a software company, big rant follows. Those two sentences have been around for, for, I think, for as long as Apple has existed. Each, Each time you see it, it's one person emphatically insisting either Apple is one or the other, right? I think it's kind of stupid because what is an X company? Apple is an X company. You can argue about that all day. It's just semantics. But if you look at their balance sheet, it's much easier to say Apple makes its money from because that is a question with a concrete answer and you can't really debate about it. So Apple makes its money from hardware. So and, and Jobs knows that. And I think he's just a hardware kind of guy. Like, I think that's how he comes at problems. He thinks about what is the thing that I can hold in my hand that will solve this problem. Mm. So as soon as he asks about TV, he says, oh, well, the problem is we can't make money because we can't sell you a piece of hardware. And he went through this whole big list of, you know, why they can't sell hardware because it's all subsidized. And look at all the people who've tried to sell hardware. And he rattled off this big list of companies, longer list than I could come up with on my own. He came up with like Replay TV. Remember them? Oh, Yeah they got driven out of business for skipping commercials TiVo, Voodoo, right. uh, Google he threw Google under the bus saying you know they weren't going to be successful with their Google TV devices and Sony and all these other people saying that basically you can't sell these boxes because everyone just expects them to come for free with the television or be built into their television or come for free with their cable subscription and if we can't sell boxes, Apple can't solve your problem. And so he's basically saying all these companies are a failure even TiVo, TiVo was the first one he listed TiVo, a complete failure, like we don't want TiVo's kind of success because it's basically failure to us. Right. And he, and he reiterated like the many boxes problem. Oh, you got all this crap connected to your TV. It's no fun. You know, he, he recognized that problem he, and he said it is a problem. Um, and he just said there's no way to get past this wall right now. I mean, the, the only, he said the only way to do it would be to, to tear up the set top box and, and replace it with one box with a consistent UI and then get it to consumers in a way they're willing to pay for it. Right. And you wonder, like, are you trying to say that the new Apple TV is that thing? Well, they kind of got the get, consumer, get it to consumers in a way they're willing to pay for it right because they lowered the price really low. And that's why a lot of people, I think, ended up with Apple TV 1 or TV 2 and why it's selling much better than the other one. Because you're like, yeah, it's 99 bucks. You know, I'll try it. But all the other problems still exist. And and he basically said, it's not a tech problem because we have the technology. It's not a vision problem because he knows where we want to go. You don't want all these stupid boxes connecting to everything. It's it's just a a go-to-market problem. So there's no go-to-market strategy. And he means from Apple's perspective, we can't sell you a box. Therefore, we can't make money. Therefore, we can't solve this problem for you. And this was a depressing, depressing snippet of him. When I saw this video, my heart just sank because I wanted him to make me a box to solve these problems. And he basically said, we're not going to do that because we don't think we can make money doing it. And I could, you know, I can deal with that from a reality perspective and say, yeah, I understand this is a problem for you, but I want someone to solve it, right? Like, don't you want someone to make your TV experience better in in the living room? Fewer remotes, uh, fewer trade offs between renting and buying and how much it costs and what you can get when you want. And this show isn't available because it's, you know, you can't see the new season of the show because it's not available yet. And you can't see live sports because those contracts are locked up. And, uh, you know, this goes away from the store or comes back on the store, but it's not an HD. All these ridiculous limitations that we know are just artificial. They're not, they're not based on technology. Uh, they're just getting in the way of what we know should be possible in our you know, utopian future of uh, television watching. Uh, so this is why television drives me nuts. And until someone solves it, especially since Apple says they're just not going to, like, what do I hope for now? They'll just sit in front of my TV and deal with all these boxes and say it's never going to get better.
0: Well, so what is the solution then? You've got to have something in mind. Well, I have
1: a lot of things in mind, but first you've got to pick an actor. Like, who's going to solve this? Uh, TiVo is probably the company who I give money to that I hate the most because I don't have a cell phone contract, which that could be another show we could do. Yeah. But uh, uh, most people hate their cell phone providers, but then you know still give them tons of money every month. I despise TiVo especially in recent years, but I keep giving them money because they're my best available option for what I want. Right. And the thing that drives me nuts about TiVo is they've been getting worse with time, not better. Like this little, you know, iPod touch that I have, you know, even a first generation iPod touch that costs less than a TiVo is so much faster and more responsive than this TiVo box I bought like a year ago. And it just, it just makes no sense from a technology perspective. It makes sense from a business perspective. If you buy into jobs as uh, Conclusion that TiVo is basically a failure because they can't make money. Well, if TiVo can't make money, they can't invest in their products, and their products, instead of getting better, get worse with time. Like the new TiVo uses Flash for its UI of all things. It's slower than the previous model, and that model is slower than the previous model.
0: Right? You're talking about the technology product. They call it like a Premiere is the new one that uses Flash. The one before it, the one I have, is a Series Three.
1: That was actually TiVo HD was like the cheap, the cheaper Series Three. The Uh Series. It's the luxury uh, HD model, and then they, they sort of decontented it to use a uh, car term, and uh, gave you a cheaper version that was similar insides but uh, uh, less okay. expensive, less okay. fancy. So so you have probably you have probably the best HD capable uh, one that's out there. Um, but be- but if you but I have several generations of TVs in the house going back to a standard def one, and they, they get faster and more responsive <laughs> as you go back in time. Can you think of any other technology product that's like that? It's that's ridiculous. terrible. And yeah, it drives me up a wall. So TiVo is sort of, you know, not living up to its, its contract to be a modern technology company and do all the things you expect them to do. They're sort of, I don't know if they're giving up or they're just struggling. They don't have enough money. They're making really bad decisions, like going with Flash for the UI. It's just slowing things down even more. That's just, that's just depressing. Yeah. So I try to think but what, but what are my other options? My other options are Apple TV. Well, that doesn't make sense to me because the a la carte model is more expensive for me than a subscription model. You know, and you don't, you, watch-
0: you don't, so it sounds to me though, like you're not really getting any content at all from a computer. It sounds well, like
1: I, am, I have a Netflix subscription, so I stream from Netflix all the time
0: On, on your TiVo.
1: Well, I have seven boxes connected to my TV that can do Netflix. Soon, you know, your dishwasher will be able to stream Netflix. <laughs> right. Like but what doesn't stream Netflix? But well, I, I have a choice of, and that, that's the thing that almost made me buy a new Apple TV because I have a choice of where I want to watch Netflix to. And, and I decide in a sort of extremely uh, Steve Jobsian manner to use the box that has, that's the quietest. So my PlayStation 3, for example, can stream Netflix, but the fan is loud. Forget it. You know? And uh, DVD players can stream Netflix, but I usually have them turned off. So if I don't have to turn them on at all, I don't have to hear their fan at all. But the TiVo is always on. So streaming Netflix through the TiVo, even though it's kind of slow and clunky, adds the least amount of noise to my uh, watching environment. So that's what I do.
0: It's interesting, though, because I think for a lot of people, there's already existing content or they're getting content on the computer itself, I, I've talked to people. I won't name. I won't name names, okay. But there are a lot of people out there, and I know a few of them who acquire. Let's just use that term. They acquire video content from the internet. Maybe they're buying it. Maybe they're acquiring it in some other way. But they get it. They get it, and they have it. There are other people who will go and, and rent a DVD. And they'll rip the DVD and they'll, they'll have it whether they purchased it or rented it or whatever, but they have it and they rip it and now it's on their computer and now they want to watch it on that television. So for people in, in these, these situations, I think, I mean, that's. It doesn't sound like you do that. You're, you're. Oh, oh I, I definitely
1: do that. I mean, that's yet another. I, we didn't even get into that yet. Yet another source of stuff. So, I how do you that get all, that all stuff?
0: Time. How do you get that onto your TV?
1: Well, so I've got the PlayStation Three, and I run a server on my Mac that can stream the content from the PlayStation 3, from the computer to the PlayStation Three, which plays it on the TV. Uh, that's a, that's another example where Apple is not interested in being in that market. Apple streams its stuff from your Mac to. The television, but it's not interested in streaming the crazy, you know, .mkv file that you've downloaded from some, uh, you know, place. And the sad thing is that a lot of time I end up downloading content that I'm paying for, sometimes downloading content that I'm paying for more than once, right? So I have a cable subscription and I pay for HBO and it's got a show. Well, HBO is a bad example. I have a cable subscription and it's got BBC America, right? I pay for this cable subscription. I pay for the package that includes BBC America, which is extra money, right? right? And sometimes... There's also BBC America available on Netflix streaming and I pay a monthly subscription for Netflix streaming and yet I still end up acquiring air quotes something that I could have watched when it aired on BBC America. I could have set my TiVo to record when it aired on BBC America or I could have streamed through Netflix if I was if I wanted to wait a certain amount of time when it was available on on Netflix streaming. Or I can have Netflix send me the disc when it becomes available on DVD, because I have a disc subscription too. So I'm paying all this money to all these different people, and I still end up downloading it because it's a better experience. Because it's HD, and my cable company does not offer BBC America in HD. I don't have to wait for it to appear on Netflix streaming, and I don't have to wait for a disc to come in the mail. But through the magics of the internet, that you know, an HD version of that thing appears the day after it airs. And so uh, it's, it's an absurd situation where... you know obviously i'm paying for my internet connection too uh where where that's how i'll end up watching a show just because it's the best experience oh and by the way you know that commercials are eliminated from it and there's no you know uh unskippable things at the beginning you just download it when you go to sleep wake up in the morning flip on the playstation which is a little bit loud uh navigate with a little remote and it starts streaming from the Mac and you watch it. it it's, it's a ridiculous scenario. It's like no one wants my money. I'm giving two different people their money and money and they still won't give me what I want. I literally cannot pay for this content to be available to me in, in the way that I want, you know, in a, in the way that I know is technically possible. It's just absurd. And it, and it's, you know, it's something only geeks can do too. Like my wife can't do this on her own. If she wants, you know, some particular show, she'll watch it in on one of the lesser formats if she
0: has to. Yeah, like course, I just asked me to set it up. Oh, and but see, there's a lot of people, you know, we're we're very much geeks, and I think a, a large portion of our listening base will be will be geeks. But when Steve Jobs talks about a product, he's not he's aware of us for sure. But he's not thinking about us. I mean, that's that's why the iPhone is such a success because geeks like us can enjoy it. But the regular human being who just wants something that works and that's cool and does a bunch of different things that they don't have to spend their lifetime figuring out, you know, that's why they want it. Like without getting into the whole phone topic, you know. there there, there needs to be that simplicity and ease of use brought to all of these things that we're talking about. And, you know, who wants to set up a media server on their Mac and keep it running all the time so that they can stream? Con- I mean, like a regular person doesn't want to do that. Like for me, well, well, it's like I'm, I'm curious what software you're using. But a regular person, they, their eyes just glaze over when you start talking like that.
1: The problem is the same. It's just that the geeks uh, have have some sort of recourse like because of the knowledge and skills that we have we can <laughs> right. do something about it the regular people they have we all have the exact same problem we're just either more willing or able or probably both to go through hoops to try to solve it and the other people will just either accept the problem as just a reality or just sort of grumble about it quietly but we're in a unique position because we know that this problem doesn't have to exist but from from the perspective of a company trying to solve it you can solve this problem once like i don't even want to talk about phones or music but pick either one of those scenarios they were similar you know technology comes in screws with the business let's pick music is an easy one uh, you know messes with the business uh, apple recognizes that the technology enables you to bypass limitations of previous tech like you don't have to have one cassette of songs with you you can have your entire library with you we can make that let's build a device that does that and then all of a sudden people are ripping their cds which have no drm in them piracy is all over the place music is completely free the the, the uh Record companies feel like their entire business has been destroyed by this company. Apple comes out with the you know DRM and the iTunes Store, gets everyone together, gets all the big labels, says, look, you know, we just destroyed your business. Come, we'll help you rebuild it. Put all your music into our store. Gives one unified interface to buying stuff. Sells a bazillion iPods. The music industry picks back up, starts selling a lot of digital content. Eventually, the DRM stuff gets dropped because they realize, look, you know, it, it doesn't matter. We're still making tons of money on this digital music with or without DRM. Customers don't like DRM. Let's drop it. That's a success story. Apple came into a situation that was, you know, for all four So First, Apple wrecked it with its technology, right? <laughs> right. But then they came in later and they got all the, the, the parties together that needed to be brought together and they, you know, they come up with a solution. Phones are, are similar. A little bit, you know, h- how were phones broken before the iPhone? Well, People, you know, if you ask them, do you like your phone? Yeah, I love my BlackBerry or whatever. But people who knew more about technology knew that, you know, come on, that's the Palm operating system on your Trio. That's a piece of crap, right? RIM, yeah, it's nice for typing out your emails and everything, but where's my web browser that isn't extremely painful to use, right? So eventually tech people and Apple knew that we had the technology to make something a lot better. And they did, but they they busted some uh, incumbent business models too. You know, percentage of app sales is not going to Verizon. Uh, verizon doesn 't control what gets in that phone verizon doesn 't control when the, the, the os is updated, neither does a t and T You know They broke the carrier model. no more two dollar ringtone revenue coming in from for to all the carriers right Apple took that away from the carriers but brought the consumers a product they needed but t v like you can see jobs in this video thing, which you should link in the uh, show notes if you have them. Uh, you can see him going through the scenario in his head like what we need, what do we need to do to do what we did in music and phones what we need to do to do that in tv and it goes through this big litany of problems like there's not five big five record labels there's a million you know cable companies and forget about that's just in the u.s the rest of the world the tv formats are even not standard Uh, so there's tons and tons of of producers of of television content and distributors of television all around the world and there's no single standard that they can build to again he's thinking of building a box like yeah to make it PAL, NTSC, satellite, cable. Do we have to work with every single cable company in the US plus every single cable and satellite company in the rest of the world? That's a lot of deals to make. Um, and so he's thinking of the business deals he would have to make. He's like, I want to solve this problem for you, but I just can't think of a way to get these guys together. Now, it's kind of a shame that they don't just, you know, he knows what he needs to do and he knows it's difficult, but they sell to a lot of carriers for cell phones too, right? Like, it's. I don't know. I guess they just don't see the upside. But Apple really needs a business to be a global business, a big, huge global smash bang business. And in every case, they felt like they had an in that made them do it. Like GSM is the global standard, so even though they have to deal with a million carriers, they can make one phone based on GSM and sell to more or less the whole world. And now they're you know backpedaling a little bit with the CDMA stuff, but that's just a stopgap. But with TV, I guess. There's just nothing in there for them to get a foothold on. They just can't sell you a box, so they're just not going to do it. And I I think somebody needs to do it. Now, If if I had to come up with ridiculous fantasy scenarios of how Apple could solve this, I would say, okay, Apple, work your magic. Go talk to First of all, I don't care about the rest of the world. Sorry, guys, but I'm I'm just thinking of myself here. How could you solve the problem for the U.S.? Right away, this is not a feasible solution because Apple needs a global solution. So right away, I'm in fantasy land. Um, But if Apple wanted to solve the problem for the U.S., it would get together all the U.S. cable carriers and satellite, which is also impossible, probably, the same way it got together the record labels and say, look, we want to solve this problem. What we're going to do is either try to get you guys to come to agreement or at the very least get you guys to sell us your content or maybe just one of them. Get like Comcast or, you know, uh, uh, Verizon, Fios or working into your cell phone deal or whatever. Sell, Sell Apple your content. And then Apple in their mythical data center which in North Carolina, which solves all problems that anyone ever has in the entire universe. (laughs) I'm going to use it now in my fantasy scenario to solve this problem. (laughs) Apple gets the the feed from the cable provider, which they pay for at some drastically reduced rate, pipe that into their data center, where they have tons of little boxes that record all the shows and and ferry them out or whatever, and then Apple sells to the consumer a little tiny box or subsidizes, you know, a $50 box, a $100 box, or maybe it's given away for free, gives that to the consumer... And they watch all their television through that box. They watch live sports to it. They watch any show, first-run movies, anything you can get anywhere, because Apple is paying. Apple is basically the reseller. Apple is acting like a cable company, buying the content from wherever it's available, storing it, and then streaming it de- out to you for your monthly subscription fee that you pay. That so you would have be one great box and access to all content. That would be great. Yeah, we already, but I already skipped over seven reasons why that's basically impossible. Seven. But, yeah. But, but, that, but that would be a solution because then you could throw at all your other boxes and there would be no limitations. All right? It all depends on the business deals and, and how much it costs. So if they gave you the box for free and it costs you $15, 20 $30, $40, I don't know what the price limit is a month where that would be a good deal. But, you know, I want Apple to solve the problem and sell me the solution. So Apple deal with all these companies that own the content. Apple deal with who has the exclusive NFL contract. Apple deal with... Why things aren't available on Netflix streaming, but you can get them in and on a DVD or in a blu-ray Stream me HD content, you know, maybe my internet connection is not fast enough So maybe this is another reason the solution isn't isn't uh, Feasible yet, but that would be one example of a solution another one that I would take as like a second choice is just TiVo get your act together because they're not solving the entire problem, but they're solving a lot of it. They're solving the broadcast television subscription problem for me because I Pay for a subscription. It's got a lot of shows TiVo does a lot of what I wanted to do. Some stuff is outside that realm, like movies and, and stuff like that. But for television shows, traditional television shows, if TiVo would just get its act together and make a box that doesn't stink. I'd I'd pay a lot of money for it, you know. Oh, and don't forget, TiVo doesn't just sell you that box; they sell you a monthly subscription for it, right?
0: Or a, a lifetime. Ticket, but, they're taking away the lifetime. It seems like.
1: Well, they keep saying they're going to, but I I just got one on my. I mean, do you have one on yours? Yes. Yeah, I bought it on mine. Um, I bought mine. More recently than you bought yours, my latest one, my TiVo HD XL was only yeah. a year or two ago and they were still selling Lifetime. But, you know, they're making tons. I, I don't see how that can't be profitable. The, the hardware in my TiVo must cost them $150. And I bought the box for like 300 and then paid like 500 more or whatever it was for the Lifetime. But the other people who are paying month to month, they're paying a monthly fee for what? For for the guide info, they say. You're, you're paying for the list of when the shows are on, the list by way which stinks and does not correctly flag things as repeats and makes the Daily Show record twenty times and oh, I, everything about TiVo drives me nuts. But I, I, they still can't make money. They have, they have a, a box that they sell at what's got to be a massive profit, and they have recurring revenue, and they still can't make money. It's just depressing.
0: Yeah, but here here's the thing. Let's take a step back for a second. There's other there are other companies who are trying to solve some of these problems. An example of that would be the the Boxy Box. Have you tried this? Do you read anything about this?
1: I know about Boxy, the program, and I've I've used it, and I've read about the Boxy box, which I'm assuming would be like so you don't have to have a PC running Boxy connected to your yeah, it's television. It's, a, it's Buy a, this sm- box, and it will run the software for you.
0: Right, it's a small little cube that uh, that sits under you know or uh, beside your TV, and it's it's small. I mean, it you know it, it, you can hold it in one hand, and it is some form of PC that that runs. The boxy stuff, and uh, and it it's that's all it does. But you know, really, the, it's the same as running boxy on on a Mac or PC yourself. It it just it's a it's a one, and I think it's it's either ninety nine or one hundred ninety nine bucks. I forget the price of it. But you know, what do you think of the boxy experience?
1: Well, the boxy and to an even greater extent, Google TV are kind of like like when I wrote my blog post with this solution or problem or I don't know I, I was just complaining really but when I wrote the blog post about TV <laughs> it was a condensed version of this big complaint about television and why Apple doesn't want to do anything about it uh, everyone said oh Google TV uh, have you seen the stuff about Google TV they're going to do what you want and some people brought up Boxy too like uh, the, the thing was you know make me a box that's omnivorous. This is the client-side solution. Instead of Apple doing something in a data center, Apple or somebody else, make a box that's omnivorous. Right. You take content from everywhere. Google TV was totally trying to do that. If you attach to Google TV, it is the Borg. It absorbs all the 50 other inputs that you have. <laughs> right. right. Amazon On Demand, YouTube, uh, you know, your Netflix subscription, your television, your cable, everything. It sucks it all in, provides a unified interface, and then... You watch it and the demos for Google TV and the mission statement all sound great, but you know how hard that is. And Google is finding out how hard that is. It's especially hard when you don't tell, apparently, the broadcast companies that you're doing this and they say, nope, no content for you. Right. <laughs> That's kind of a big bummer. You know, great planning there, Google. But uh, Boxy and these other ones are kind of a a geeks type toy in that they're nudge, nudge, wink, wink omnivorous where they say you know, we can get content from YouTube and blah, 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 and any place else you might get it, you know, say no more, say no more, right? Like they do that thing. <laughs> and so people get the box <laughs> and sometimes they're, they're filled with features that will like correctly recognize the illegally downloaded things and provide album art from a crowdsourced, you know, not album art, but you know, episode subscri- descriptions and it will identify this as, you know, Dexter season three, episode four with a full description and a picture of, of the thing and a star rating and, and social thing. Like, they will go along there. It's amazing to me these things work. Like Plex is another one. Um, that they will take your illegally downloaded content and make it feel like a much, 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 much better TiVo. And and it's amazing, you know. It, the the dream solution that I know some unnamed people do is you get an RSS feed from a torrent right. site that has torrents of the shows you want, and that just runs continuously, torrenting the episodes that you want, and then it puts them into your omnivorous box, and your omnivorous box sorts them out and breaks them down into seasons and everything and so when you turn on your television you have this interface to almost any content you want in real time in hd with no commercials you know with subtitles if you wanted Uh, just an amazing experience doesn't exist no matter how much money you pay anybody and you're getting it for free albeit illegally if you're a geek and can set up this giant uh scenario that that's that's too much work even for me and and uh especially since i'm paying you know everyone i can possibly pay to try to get the content that i want already
0: what i think do you, what do you think of the potential uh, down the road for and i've heard people talk about this before where essentially you pick and choose what it is that you want to watch and you pay based on essentially instead of being for a an overall subscription you subscribe to just the things that are interesting to you so if you just want to watch the biggest loser you pay two ninety nine for or or ten ninety nine or whatever it would cost for the subscription to a Biggest Loser, and you get the whole thing, and you get them when they come out, so they are available to you. You know, on whatever night at eight p.m., that's when you can watch it, or anytime thereafter. It's just there for you. It's almost like that torrenting, except it's more legitimate. It it shows up when it's available. You watch it, and instead of having to sort through the 200 channels that everybody has, the of which they only watch four and tape things on those four, you know, or, or scattered across, you know, that instead you're saying, I'm going to pick a menu of shows. I'm going to pay those shows appear on my TV. I watch them when I want to watch them. It's not quite video on demand. uh, It's subscription. What do you think of of that?
1: As a geek, I have to be, Personally very wary of this and I think in general people need to to recognize the fact that subscription, uh, you know bundling of channels pays for the shows the geeks want to watch right a la carte uh, Very quickly makes it completely unfeasible to make geeky shows because not enough people want to watch them. So all those people who are watching America's Funniest Home Videos or American Idol—I guess—is the more modern reference there. Or any other sort of mass market show. Those shows, you know, or even you know the popular basic cable shows. Those are paying for the shows that geeks want to watch. And the reason a la carte is not, uh, you know, offered as much is because. It's more expensive, and the, the less, the farther out of the mainstream you go, the more expensive it gets for you.
0: So, what about what about things like Hulu and integrating Hulu into you know into the boxy and and other things like that? Hulu does solve a lot of that problem.
1: Everyone is trying to. It's a bunch of. It's the free market at work. Everyone is trying to solve the problem in the best way that they can, and I guess it's just a fight to see who's going to you know do better, but from the consumer's perspective, you're just slowly replacing one set of boxes with another set and hoping someone comes out on top. TiVo has actually been around the longest. So a lot of anyone who's a a TV geek and watches a lot of TV probably has a series of TiVos in their lives at this point. But there's still new boxes coming out that we're interested in. And we keep trying one to see if this will help or this will... We're we're building our own TV experience piecemeal from solutions that don't really solve our problem in their, their entirety, just solve one small aspect of it. And the geekier you are, the more you're able to piece together what you hope is a solution that, that fills the puzzle piece in your life for television, but nobody's solving it all. And, and these box makers, I mean, it's not, Apple can't make a, a run of it, but like Roku or Vudu, they don't, have to, they don't have to have a global business where they can sell a million units. They just want to, you know, make a living. Uh, they don't need an Apple-sized kind of success to, uh, to feel like they're a success.
0: Do you have a Roku?
1: I don't. I mean, like, what do I use a Roku for? Anything that I can get in a Roku, I can get it in a, uh, a different form on another box that I have. But like I said, I almost bought that new Apple TV, A, because it's 99 bucks and B, because it has no fan. So I said, just think of it. I can stream TiVo in what everyone seems to say is a better experience than streaming TiVo off of, uh, stream TiVo, Netflix. stream Netflix. Yeah. Uh, and an experience that people seem to say it's better than streaming it over a TiVo, which I have no trouble imagining because the TiVo is slow and, and annoying and just drives me nuts when it streams TiVo, and it would add no additional noise. So maybe I'd have tough time making <laughs> that argument to my wife that I want to spend a hundred dollars and add another box to the television just so I can do something that I can already do slightly better. But you know, so far I haven't bought one. So, so what
0: about what about what our friend John Gruber calls the back door? Uh, the backdoor concept of being able to, you know, get an app on your your iPad or your iPhone and use AirPlay to output the video from that app, and the the one that he talks about, and the one that that I certainly uh, would want to do this with, and and will do this with, is a MLB. So you want to watch a game. You subscribe. I think it's you know fourteen bucks or whatever it is to, to subscription to the MLB. You 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 set your iPad down and instead of watching it on the iPad, you hit the little AirPlay button and boom, it shows up on your Apple TV. Now you're watching it on your your television. And what about that? You can do that with the Hulu app. You can do that any any app. My understanding is any app that has access to air, that decides to get access to the airplay which is available if you're building an ios app you can just use it you can output your your video right to that so in that sense it's it's like a, your tv becomes a wireless monitor for your ios device yeah, via, like via the, the apple yeah. tv too
1: and you can get the cat to scare the bird and then the bird will make a squawk that will that will startle the, the, the other bird that <laughs> will knock over the fishbowl. You, you, the, the so fish you're, bowl discounting
0: bowl, you're discounting it. You're discounting it. I'm
1: not discounting it. I'm just saying these are solutions for, for geeks. You, uh, you're going to go to someone and say, here's the new way to watch television. You're going to download an app onto your iPhone and you're going to press a button onto your iPhone and make sure your, your Apple TV that you also bought, by the way, is also set up and connected and the television is on that input and then you can play the thing from your iPod over there to the television. But by the way, it's going to drain the battery on your iPod and uh, so make sure you have your iPod plugged in and you can only do limited things on your iPod while this is going on and make sure you have enough space for the show you want to stream. And <laughs> it's, it's not a solution to this television problem. It's just <laughs> one more. It's just one more thing that you can, and, and it's great and everything. Like, I especially like the experience of going on a trip, take pictures, come back home and show the pictures without uh, fiddling with stuff. But even that is beyond most people. I think it's just it's just great for us geeks and we're on the cutting edge of this. And Maybe it'll get easier with time, but that kind of backdoor solution. I feel like everyone is nibbling around the edges of this thing, but the mass market is still paying for cable and watching American idol. And that's their solution for television.
0: Slim in the chat room says that you could make a nerd cry in 15 seconds by crushing his dreams.
1: It's true. I you know, I guess I'm getting greedy at this point because Apple has solved all these other problems for me. Apple pretty much solved the music problem uh, in a why, way.
0: Now, why do you think it was so? They 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 walked in and really, really did solve the music problem, and they did it so quickly and so effectively. Uh, why why was it so much easier there? Are are uh, you know? And we know that the record industry. Uh, they're not pushovers, you know what I'm saying. I mean, it wasn't oh, I- iTunes.
1: iTunes was Pearl Harbor, caught them by surprise, right? Came out of nowhere Sunday morning, bombed their whole business, <laughs> right? And then and and just you know just decimated them. And then then they had you know they had many things going for them. The fact that there was a big five record labels that sort of controlled everything instead of eight million different cable companies, right? Right. And the fact that, that they, were, they were negotiating from a position of power, it's like, "Look, your business is already destroyed. You need us to, to bring you back, right?" Um, the fact that uh, music was more easily within the, the realm of uh, technology abilities, uh, although I'm kind of disappointed that the iTunes resolution made uh, a revolution, made the quality of music go down, reversing a very long trend of the quality of music going up. I'm talking about like bitrate and everything like right. that. Yeah. but still, like, for, for the mass market. Technology reached a point where we had no problem whatsoever giving you music that was good enough for all consumers. Television is pretty much at that point too, but you could say like, come on, why is it not 1080p everywhere? So we're, we're just on the cusp but but music was well within those those bounds. And and really just they just scored a, a surprise attack victory. Um, and, and everything went right. Um, and it caught everyone unaware. It caught the content providers unaware. It caught all of the other companies unaware. Apple just got out the gate and did their thing and said, yay we are victorious. Um, but then every other business looked at what happened to music and just quickly in the boardroom was like, oh my God, we, we do not want what just happened to music to happen to us. And they, you know, quickly fortified and started backpedaling and, and said, if, if Apple ever comes to us, remember, don't do what the music guys did. Just like, <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> we got to be stronger. We can't let them take over. Um, let's make deals with everybody. Let's, let's sell everybody the content. Netflix will sell you a Roku. You want to stream through that? Anybody? Will, we, got, we don't want Apple to have too much power. It, it was it's kind of a little bit of a cluster now because the the Apple's victory in music has made their repeat of that victory in other markets or anybody's repeat of that victory in other markets much harder. Books are like that too. E books, all these companies, music industry is kind of their cautionary tale and they have now become their own worst enemy even more so because they think that they're doing what they need to do to uh, defend themselves against that type of victory. But from a consumer's perspective, again, other than the music quality going down, consumer's perspective itunes was a big big win right we all have ipods we we don't really have many complaints about getting our music you know the beatles are finally on itunes like it's it's a utopia <laughs> a utopia of poorly compressed music
0: but still so it, then since we're since we're almost out of time because again you do this on your lunch break we it's true. Yeah, where, where are we going to be then in a year or five years from now? Is it, is it just going to be more devices that maybe do a little bit more, but we still have 10 things hanging off the back of our TV? I,
1: I think that the things hanging off of our TV will get better and smarter and they will fight with each other, coalesce, then expand, then coalesce, then expand. I don't think there'll be much of a net change in the number of things, but I think all of that that activity will slowly, slowly, slowly leach out uh, the the mass market from where they are now, which is a subscription television to, from a cable provider, a satellite, slowly start pulling them a little tiny bit at a time into other avenues. I don't think in five years it will be that drastic. Maybe you know 95% of the people have, have cable or satellite subscriptions now. Maybe it'll be 94, 93, 92. But that will start to happen. Um, at the edges, the geeks, the people who only watch one show and they want an a la carte makes sense to them. Even with the ridiculous pricing of you know one show over fifty bucks, it still makes sense for some people to do that for an entire season of a show. Um, that will just continue to happen in you know, an nibble away uh, at the core. But in five years, I don't see it, it being fundamentally different unless some player gets the wherewithal to go for one of the solutions that, that I talked about before the, the data center solution, the client side omnivorous solution, where you talk to the content guys beforehand. And you make the UI uh, Apple quality and not Google quality. Um, but that that's where I see things going. Um, I just hope TiVo is still in business because I don't know what I'm going to do if they they stop making their crappy boxes because then what am I going to pay
0: pay for? <laughs> so yeah, but what 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 happens? I mean, the it, it's clear that TiVo is not like they're not they're not they're struggling. They're not out of it, but they're struggling. I mean, why? why would a, a player want to be in this industry at all i'm i'm all i'm frequently amazed that apple has done as much as they've done for for this in this space it's clear apple wants to be in this business
1: but jobs just recognizes as a businessman that he doesn't have a way to do it successfully yet maybe at some point that stops mattering, and they do. They pull an Xbox and say, "We're going to sink ten billion dollars over ten years into this business. And we're just going to lose money hand over fist, but eventually, we're going to have a foothold and and maybe start uh, making some market success." I don't know if it's in Apple to do that type of thing. They tend to want to make money on everything they do, Nintendo style rather than Microsoft style. But it, you know, it's happened in other industries before. Microsoft spent billions of dollars to get a foothold in the console business. They lost billions of dollars to do it, and they decided it was worthwhile. Maybe some company decides the same thing about television and you know embark on one of these endeavors that will actually solve the problem for the consumer even though they know it's like a long-term play like it's a 10-year plan before we we see a cent out of this but who can do that microsoft could do it in the console market barely who else is that big you know apple is is a big player maybe exxon Mobil will get into the uh the business of television they're <laughs> the other person who has a lot of disposable income but i really don't feel like that's their core competency yeah really
0: well, all right, John. Well, we're gonna we're gonna do this again, right? We're gonna be back here next week at uh, every at week noon on Friday, unless there's some kind of a job emergency that requires you to put your suit and tie on and and, and you know. Yep. But this will be a weekly thing, so people can can come back here and hear uh, more from John if you want. If people want to start uh, reading more from you, they should do what Ars Technica. Is that the best place for your best writing, or, or where are you putting it?
1: I write it there so infrequently. But the, most, the place I write most of the time, as you well know, is Twitter, but that's, that's in tiny little snippets.
0: And you're Syracuse, S-I-R-A-C-U-S-A, on uh, that's on right. Twitter.
1: So if you want to hear from me every day, 140 characters at a time, that's one place to look that's for a good it. Place. But otherwise, yeah, I write for ours. Occasionally you'll see me in Macworld, uh, and uh, I have a couple of little blogs stashed away on the internet.
0: Well, very good. Well, we will... Uh, We'll see you guys all again next week. Have a good one.